Miracy. A lot of the things that are in the Bible, I didn't realize, you know, going back to that word shame, I feel like there was a lot of shame taught being raised a Christian and a lot of guilt and a lot of judgment. Hello, I'm Katie Valentine, and you're listening to Soul Savvy Business. I'm a soul-minded spiritual entrepreneur, Christian minister, and a New Testament scholar, but don't let any of that scare you. I support all paths to the divine, and I use tools such as chakras, dreams, and intuition to get there. On this podcast, we explore the intersection of business and spirituality. What do I mean by that? Too often, we separate our business selves from our spiritual selves, but in doing that, we don't leverage the full potential of either one. This series aims to help you fall in love with your own soul so that you can live your most fulfilling and successful life. On today's episode, I'm going to talk to an entrepreneur who is a leading marketing expert, consultant, and coach. But first... In every episode, I offer a tip around abundance and your spiritual journey. Sometimes, leaning into abundance can feel selfish. Even worse, it can feel like we're taking something from someone else. I'm a big believer in giving and in giving generously of time, money, and gifts when possible. And I spent a lot of time as a youth doing just that in really typical youth group activities. But I'd often be riddled with guilt that I had resources that other people didn't have. Unfortunately, this continued on into my adulthood. And even talking about abundance could send me into uh, paralyzing feelings of guilt. And I had this idea that if I had something, someone else didn't. I was seeing abundance as a zero-sum game. If I had something, it would be taking something away from someone else. I had to issue an invitation to myself to see abundance in a new way, as limitless. Abundance has its origin with the creator of the universe and is fueled by a source that never runs out. This doesn't only include money, but everything that matters to us, love, healing, and energy. And as an ethical person, I know that you don't want to impoverish anyone. But what if paying attention to abundance actually propagates more abundance for the world? So the tip for today is to switch from feelings of zero sum into feelings of limitlessness. My guest today is Lisa Carmichael. Lisa is a published author, entrepreneur, and marketing professional who lives in Minnesota. She is the owner and creator of Epic Mastermind, and that's E-P-I-K. Her business focuses on helping entrepreneurs develop strong relationships. Lisa's clients are business owners who want to stand out from their competitors and manage their reputations and legacies. She has a passion for fellow mompreneurs, as she calls them, to connect with each other and thrive as women and business owners. I think Lisa's website says it all when she says, Through affirmations, Lisa embraces the emotions people feel. By embracing the seven principles, Lisa guides you into creating your own journey and helping you gain confidence through affirmations. And this starts simply with a journal. And I have time for you, her book. Lisa shares her affirmations in hopes that you'll create your own. Leaning into her own transparency and vulnerability allowed her to realize that the only person that held her back was herself. 
I am so intrigued by all of this. And welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Katie. It's so fun to be here. Thank you. It's such a delight to have you here. And I'm just curious if the abundance tip on limitlessness resonated with you at all. Oh, certainly. Definitely. I have had self-limiting doubts my entire life. And actually, my pivot point was when I became an author. And by digging deep and really understanding myself is how I found my confidence. And that was probably the best thing that came out of the book is that I found my confidence because I felt the same way that you were explaining before, that I felt guilty for feeling abundant or wanting more. And I forgot that, or I didn't even realize that I was good enough, that there are things out there waiting for everyone. And I wasn't hoarding or taking from somebody else because I wanted something better for myself. Abundance is so close to home for me because when you speak from the heart and becoming vulnerable and being open to all the gifts that are waiting for us, why wouldn't it be abundance? You know, instead of focusing on the bad and the negative, focusing on what awaits us. That's what life is about. It's not waiting, wondering if everything's going to go wrong. There's a lot of solutions waiting for us. I love that. Yeah, there's solutions waiting for us. And something you said really just made me have an aha, which is that the feelings of not being worthy of abundance, I think sometimes like the guilt that we have may be covering up those feelings of worthlessness, covering up those self-limiting beliefs. So I think that just uncovered, Mm -hmm. uncovered that pattern for me. Oh, (laughs) for sure. You know, and that as well as shame. And how many times didn't our parents shame us? Not to be cruel, but that's what they knew. And my parents grew up in the Depression. So, you know, abundance wasn't something that was looked upon as a good thing. It was more of a negative thing. And I really feel now, especially post-COVID, that we've come to realize that there are things things waiting for us that are better than we can ever imagine. And part of that abundance is just trusting that there are good things waiting for us. That is super delicious. Uh, So with that, let me ask you a question that we ask every guest is what word or words do you currently use when referring to what you consider to be the divine? God. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I grew Very up with. Very straightforward. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And, you know, a lot of the things that are in the Bible, I didn't realize, you know, going back to that word shame, I feel like there was a lot of shame taught being raised a Christian that, and a lot of guilt and a lot of judgment. People don't realize how much judgment is happening because we tend to judge other people. And in reality, when we judge someone else, it's we're really judging ourselves. That judgment that we have on our own spirit, when we judge other people, it, it really comes down to judging ourselves and vice versa. 
Isn't that just always the case, right? Yeah, yeah. We see something in someone else that's also existing within us. Sure, yes. It's easier to see it in somebody else and not ourselves. Yes, (laughs) a thousand percent. (laughs) Part of the trap of being human, yes. Well, tell us just a little bit about your religious or your spiritual upbringing. I was born into a family that believed in the Bible, and I have a really strong belief that God has a plan for everyone. And when I was writing my book, the words that got me through some of the struggles that I had with it was, what am I here to learn? Because when you surrender and understand that it's not for us to understand, that's when you find peace. So when I started writing this book, I was in an entrepreneur group and I would go to these weekly meetings and I would go in the meeting and when we would take a break, I would go in the ladies' restroom and I would do breathing exercises and I would tell myself, I would say these affirmations, I'll be okay, everything will be okay, I don't understand, I don't need to understand, and then I would ask, what am I here to learn? And all of those affirmations that I was saying to myself in the ladies' restroom were part of my journaling, and I transcribed them into a book. So after saying those affirmations, I'd go back into the meeting with the other entrepreneurs that I was seriously comparing myself to because I didn't understand why they were being so successful and I wasn't. And until I realized that success had to come from inside of me, it, it wasn't going to come from the success that these other people had. And it wasn't serving me to compare myself. My spiritual practice today is very different from going to church every week, dressing up, and comparing myself to other people. My spiritual practice is, is daily versus weekly. My spiritual practice consists of journaling and breathing and listening and waiting to hear what God wants me to hear. Nice. Thank you, Lisa. You know, as business owners, we can't help but at least notice the bottom line. And it may not all be about money, but the goal is obviously to run a profitable business. And this can be really hard depending on deeply ingrained beliefs about money and abundance. So I'm just curious, have your spiritual religious beliefs influenced the way you feel about money or abundance, especially maybe in the past? Definitely. Money has always been something that kind of controlled me. Growing up as a Christian, I was taught that money was bad. And even though it's not money is bad or the love of money is bad, but that I couldn't want more money. And that's such a misconception because actually, if you have more money, you can help more people and you can do more with money. And I had this misconception that if I had too much money, it would just get me in trouble. And that's really tough because, you know, and I was thinking about it because why are some people successful? Why are some people millionaires? Why are some people billionaires? And it really boils down to your relationship with money. So when I had fear of always being broke and never being successful, that was 
an affirmation that I was sending to myself that I will always be broke. And so instead, when I flipped the switch and decided that money was good and the more money that I would have, I could help more people. So it was just that tweak, that adjustment in thinking. It didn't happen overnight. I can't tell you that right now. It's definitely a process. When I became an entrepreneur, I realized that the most successful entrepreneurs spend a great part of their day, a lot of their time in mindset. And so discovering a positive mindset around money really made a shift for me because I would have never discovered this if I wouldn't have became an entrepreneur. If I wouldn't have slowed down, I was in the rat race. I was working 50, 60 hours a week corporately, and that didn't give me time to know myself. I was, I was ready for complete burnout, and I was part of the hustle. I don't think God wanted that for me. Right. Yeah. And I'm so resonating with the idea of entrepreneurship really expanding you spiritually and abundantly and and all levels, because I've definitely found that to be true in my journey as well, partly because my clients are always asking me such fantastic things and they're making me expand so that I can serve them at the highest level. Well, you know, we mentioned a bit about your business in the introduction, but can you fill that out for us a little bit? How did you get started and what's your current business all about? Well, I left corporate and I decided that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be my kids' mom. I wanted to be there for their life events. And I was blessed to be able to do that. But I wanted to contribute to my family. In your introduction, you'd mentioned my Epic Mastermind. Epic had been a part of my website for the longest time. And I decided to lean into that word and make it turn it into an acronym. I'm unique and I'm embracing my unique self. So E stands for entrepreneur, more so as an evolving entrepreneur. P standing for passion and purpose. I as an intentional and K for kindness, because I truly believe there's not enough kindness in this world. So by creating this mastermind, I have the ability to help other struggling mompreneurs, female entrepreneurs, aspiring influencers move from being stuck, from listening to those self-limiting beliefs, and help them move forward just like I moved forward. And I'm very, very excited that I can help people that are stuck and struggling because it's no fun to be a solo entrepreneur struggling and listening to negative thoughts that you're not good enough, that this will never work. And Epic Mastermind is an intimate mastermind. It's a group of 10 entrepreneurs who are building relationships, who are collaborating, who are partnering to help build each other up, learn from each other's struggles and move forward. That's amazing. And so you're, you're working mostly with women and with a lot of moms. Yes. I was trying to reach everybody. And what I've learned is that when you try to reach, help everybody, you, you help nobody. And uh, yes, I can attest. <laughs> so I niched it down 
And as I am facing an empty nest, my children are grown. And I realize that who I was a year ago, two years ago, those are the people that I can help. What was your biggest challenge in becoming an entrepreneur? My biggest challenge in becoming an entrepreneur was me. I was the one that held myself back. There was a theme in every business that I tried, and it was me and it was mindset. Because I was the one that was always thinking I could never be successful. And when I flipped that switch and decided I can be successful, I believe in my success. Um, Belief comes from knowing without a doubt that success is yours. And I've realized that there's a lot of women out there that don't believe success is theirs. So taking that belief and sharing it with others has been like a huge pivot point because I was the one holding myself back. What Lisa said about mindset struck an immediate chord with me. When I began my entrepreneurial journey, it was completely foreign. I was coming from the world of academia and nonprofits, where I had had opportunities to be creative, but not responsible for bottom lines or cultivating a mindset for success. Those two worlds are valuable, but vastly different from entrepreneurial mindset. I had a lot of resistance to formulating business plans and getting my mind wrapped around what a client might want. Lisa mentioned journaling and affirmations, both of which I use regularly now in my ongoing journey of cultivating an entrepreneurial mindset. I find both really effective because whenever I encounter resistance to what I am saying or writing, I know that that's a spot where I need to do a little bit or a lot of mindset work. I know Lisa is an expert in this area, so I was curious what her method was for resolving her own inner conflicts with mindset and finding success. I kind of came up with my own system. So belief comes from knowing without a doubt that success is yours. And then there comes that piece of trusting. And trust means to have confidence that your belief is real. Trust is not attached to the final outcome. So one of my affirmations is I am attached to the process and detached to the outcome. So trust is knowing that your belief is possible. It's your conviction when it doesn't feel possible. And just knowing that trust again, just like my trust in God, trusting that everything will work out in the end and knowing is part of letting go, letting go and let God. So I mentioned belief and then trust, and then comes a piece called being. And what I mean by that is being open to receiving, receiving all the goodness that God wants for us. So you know what you believe. You just have to trust then in what you believe in and then allow yourself to be open to everything that comes along with it. So the end result is allowing. So belief, trust, and allowing. Mm-hmm. You know, and allowing is an abundance mindset. Going back to your word abundance. Yeah, absolutely. But we can't do it without taking action. Don't wait for the perfect moment. It's all about taking the first step. And a lot of times 
entrepreneurs aren't willing to take that first step because they don't know what the up outcome will be. And for me, taking action has just been something that I take lots of baby steps. And what I've discovered is those small steps help me when it comes to the big steps. It just prepares me. Yeah, definitely. You know, I could hear your spirituality woven throughout all of this as well. And so I'm just curious, you know, does your spirituality um, help you as you're working through these steps and you're teaching others? Is it kind of something that's there and maybe not so explicit? Or is it kind of more like you're being really direct with that? It's part of repetition. So basically, you're changing the recordings. So every day I write down these affirmations. And at the end of my affirmations, I always end with, God has a plan. I will trust his plan. I will trust his timing. And, you know, so many times we think everything has to be on our timing. And when we lean back and just trust and allow and let God's plan take an effect, there's so much more beauty in that. There's so many opportunities. There's so much more abundance that we'll find when we're really not in control. We just let God be in control. You know, instead of squeezing so tight uh, and hoping and, and praying, hoping is not a strategy. Ooh, say that again. Hoping is, hoping is, is not, not a strategy. strategy. Yeah, it's a useful skill. But yeah, I know it's certainly not a business strategy, right? So taking, transforming that hope into action, meaningful action. Exactly, exactly. And it also goes along with like a type of vibration because everything is molecules all around us. This, this table, my desk, it's molecules put together. And when I was writing my book, the other thing that I was doing was I was trying to figure out Instagram. And so every day I posted at 10 o'clock every morning one thing that I was grateful for. And it was really interesting because it was probably the easiest thing that I could ever do because I could go on a walk and boom, I could take a picture of anything and find gratefulness. And that raised my vibration. It gave me a better feeling in life than, than a doom and gloom. Like, oh, my business still isn't successful. I have one more day to, to figure this business out. But instead, focusing on the good and focusing on gratitude really helped me get through the hard, the hard days. So does spirituality come up with your clients and with the people that you work with? You know, it doesn't. And I do have like a group of networking entrepreneurs that I work with. And we were talking about values. And I was the first to say that my values are faith, family, and health. That, you know, my faith is my number one priority, but I also lead by example. So if someone were to come to me and ask me what my values are, yes, I'll, I'll be the first to say faith is, is number one. One story, as I was writing my book, I had some beta testers and I had a friend of mine read the, my manuscript. And when she gave it back to me, the one thing she said was, Lisa, I noticed that you're describing 
God is a male and that it's a man. And I'm like, really? (laughs) It caught me off guard because I didn't realize that I had done that. And I went back and I looked and sure enough, my upbringing, going back to, you know, parochial grade school, I think we always thought as of God as a male figure. But that was not my intention with writing the book. Oh, well, no, thank you so much for sharing that because it's so interesting. Right now, I mean, at this very moment, I'm actually leading a little mini class on the divine feminine for Christians. And where we talk about, you know, why do we call God he? Where does this father language come from? And what might be some alternatives to that? Because scripture calls God he and father, but that would have been very in keeping with kind of ancient times and the way that genders were valued. But, you know, we have options today. And the Holy Spirit has traditionally actually been called she. So I love it that you've embraced that as part of your journey, you know, and how that feeds into your entrepreneurship and how you serve people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Alignment is a topic we talk a lot about in this podcast. As entrepreneurs, alignment in our values and our spirituality with our business is crucial. For me, spiritual alignment is one, living deeply into my values, Two, practices that support my expansion and also get my mind to slow down. And three, holding my beliefs very lightly. As an entrepreneur, I always need to make sure my spirituality is reflected in the values of my business, how I communicate with employees and clients, and my personal practices. I gotta make sure I practice what I preach. Spiritual alignment is also noticing where there are rough edges in our spiritual and emotional journeys, areas of friction or tenderness. These may be related to old wounds that need to be healed or to growing edges and expansion. Expansion is rarely smooth or simple, so sometimes those rough edges can simply give us a clue that we're ready to move up into a next level of consciousness. When we pay attention to these, we are open for greater expansion. Many people assume that spiritual alignment is dependent on a belief system. But in my experience, we need to be flexible enough for our beliefs to be discarded or to expand and grow. It's our practices that will keep us grounded. I'm starting to notice more and more as I ask this question that alignment means a little something different to everyone. So I wanted to find out what it means to Lisa. When I think of the word alignment, I'm seeing a stick, a broom going down my back and keeping me straight. Yeah, standing straight and tall. And that's what we have to do with our belief. We just, we have to trust and be aligned with what we believe in. And then when conflict does come across our plate, we know that we have the answers. They're deep down inside of ourselves. We just have to slow down and be ready, um, be willing, and be open to digging deep to find those answers. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love that answer. So you're an expert in marketing, and your business centers around forming strong relationships. What do you feel is important in business about forming relationships? You know, I think that with the internet that we've often thought more is better. And I don't believe that's the case anymore. I believe that when you build stronger relationships, that 
it increases more of your customer retention rates by by building better customer experiences that keep them coming back for more. I mean, yes, I would have never had the opportunity to have a worldwide mastermind if it wouldn't have been for the internet. But what's also important is to be able to build relationships, strong relationships with these people. And that's what sets us apart. And that's what sets you apart from your competition. I loved what Lisa had to say about relationships. And after all, all businesses have to deal with people and relationships, no matter what the business is about. Community and relationships are actually the core of many religions. We come together to do something greater than we can do alone, based on shared values and belief systems. Jesus points to this in the Gospels in a story when his mother and brothers come to visit him while he is sharing the good news with the crowd. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 3, this is how it goes. Then his mother and brothers came, standing outside, and they sent to him and called him. The crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and brother and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. While it may sound harsh, this actually is not about the rejection of Jesus' biological family. The earliest Jesus followers were doing something incredible. They were creating kinship networks and families, essential for survival in the Roman Empire, when there was no biological imperative for them to do so. I imagine that a lot of our businesses give people hope and create new networks, if not quite families, of support and encouragement. Plus, the entrepreneurial journey can be really lonely. Lisa in particular creates masterminds for women, empowerment for entrepreneurs, especially moms, helping them form community in ways they may not have thought of otherwise. To me, that is such a spiritual thing to do. It doesn't require blasting out beliefs or statements of faith. It's simply being in community. So I asked Lisa what she thought about this idea. Oh, I totally agree. It's a foundation because we are there to support one another. And if you can find like-minded people, the journey doesn't have to feel so alone. Yeah, it's a huge piece. And you're right, like so many entrepreneurs just do it alone. And that's incredibly not productive, actually. And it's in relationships that we can find so much value and, and assistance and camaraderie. Definitely. I think back to a story that I was told about um, the redwood trees out in California. They're like 300 feet tall, but their root system is only like 6 to 12 feet. And what's interesting about them is that they don't have to have a deep root system. The root system intertwines with the other redwood trees. So they literally hold each other up. So they grow really close to each other and they depend on each other. And that's kind of like what I think of with mastermind groups is that we kind of start depending on each other, that we know someone who knows someone that can support them. And when I learned that about the redwood trees, I was like, oh, that just makes so much sense. 
Oh my gosh, your Redwood example, I'm just smiling so big because I lived in California for 20 years. And I lived in a place called Chico, Northern California for 10 of those years. And I used to walk around and we actually had two Redwoods in my in my front yard, kind of adolescent Redwoods. And I loved looking at them. And going around the neighborhood, you would find little pockets and they almost always grow, like you said, in like little mini groves because they share this root system. And my husband and I used to walk around and we we would say, well, does that redwood over there belong with this one? Like, do they share roots? <laughs> we try to figure out who was friends with who. And, <laughs> and they had this little energy about them too. So I love that analogy for entrepreneurs supporting one another. We can share a root system, but we still get to be our own individual thing. It's, it's like we were talking about with the abundance tip earlier. It really makes us more limitless. We're not taking away by sharing those roots. Nothing is being taken away. They're sharing. Right. And you know, trees don't copy one another. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that we don't have to feel like we're copying somebody else in their success with being an entrepreneur. Because when we share value and give something, give the nutrients to them, it not only makes them stronger, but it makes ourselves stronger. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, before we wrap up, do you have any advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? The advice that I have, if you are just starting out as an entrepreneur or if you are struggling or you're feeling like you're ready to give up, you're just hitting that glass ceiling and you're not sure what to do, ask questions. Ask good questions and be very specific when you're asking questions because sometimes people will just give you an answer (laughs) and it may not be the answer that you were looking for. And in order to get good answers, you have to ask good questions. And so I've learned that when you want to learn something new, it's okay to ask lots of questions and lots and lots of questions until you get the answers that you want. So uh, right now, that's my biggest advice is ask good questions. That's beautiful. And a good question is always welcome in an entrepreneurial circle. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. This is also wonderful. What is the best way for people to find you? The best way for people to find me is just going to my website. And my website is my name with my middle initial. It's Lisa R. Carmichael. And if you're on social media, you'll probably find me the most active on Instagram, where I'll be posting things that I'm grateful for. But if you go to my website, lisarcarmichael.com, there is also a free download that you can grab that are my seven secrets that have helped me with my online business, online secrets to help you move from being stuck and having anxiety and just moving forward. So it's a really, really nice little booklet that's there for you. It's free. Just have to click on the link. Awesome. I'm Katie Valentine, and you've been listening to Soul Savvy Business. Soul Savvy Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes shows like Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Melissa Deal and Cynthia. Melissa assembled the episode. 
Danny Innie is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To make sure you don't miss great episodes coming up on Soul Savvy Business, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please give us a starred review. It is the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thanks. We will see you next time. Thanks.